Welcome to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BeatOn300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. And what else would we have for you after a brief hiatus? We got a special guest again for Husky Nation. But let me check in with my co-host, Ethan Wiles. How are you doing today, Ethan? It's good to be back, Brandon. Good to be talking football again. It's been a mess of a couple months here with everything that's going on. But, um, you know, it's good to always get back and talk some football now that everything is started uh the guys are back on campus working out and uh, we're one step closer to kickoff yeah i was gonna say there's been a couple times i've gone for jogs on campus and it just looks like otas are in full effect i'm not sure if everyone is back yet at this point but it does look like there are a vast majority of the guys back one of the guys that we do have back on campus one of our stars in the defensive backfield someone who can always be found around the football had four pass deflections 38 total tackles and a forced fumble last year someone who was a biology major and is joining us today on the Huskies on Tap podcast. Welcome, Dylan Thomas. How you doing today, Dylan? Not too bad. Not too bad. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on here, man. Yeah, absolutely. So how uh, how have things been going so far? Are you guys having fun out there? It looks like you guys are really getting after. It looks like a lot of conditioning. No, yeah. So um, it's it's been um it's been it's been different. Um, this just kind of me being back. Um, most of the guys actually returned around June first, and um, we uh, went through COVID testing, and for everyone who came back negative, um, we were kind of cleared and like slowly kind of got pushed back into practicing and working out and that. So the last few, the last week has been a um, small groups workout. So those have been good it's conditioning, getting uh, back in shape for sure. Yeah. And, and you mean small groups when you say that, like it's uh smaller positional groups, because obviously we can't be having, you know, a whole offense or whole defense hanging around on one side of the field. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, it's just been, um, it's, it's about nine or 10 kids per group and then some um, set up. So offense goes certain days, defense goes certain days and trying to um, mix things up and, make sure they're still in guidelines and trying to just keep keep everyone healthy from uh, COVID. So how were you able to stay in shape and just stay focused and ready for this season during the quarantine? Because it was a pretty long time where you were off campus. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just, it was different. And then so just being at home the first about months, because um, I'm, I'm from Missouri and Missouri um, actually opened up a little bit earlier than uh, Illinois has to kind of open up back in May. But for like about March and April, it was just kind of really just doing at-home workouts, virtual work workouts, coaches were sending and just the different things like that through the, um, the strength program we have here. And so that was just, um, it was just, it was just different, you know, that, that virtual experience. It isn't hands-on. You're not there every day, but it's just a mentality of getting it done regardless, you know. How difficult was it? Obviously, we ended the school year in an online classroom setting. How difficult was that going to the football setting on an online virtual uh, classroom space? Um, well, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's completely different. So with that, with COVID hitting, that basically um, got rid of basically our whole spring ball. We, we only we only got in two practices officially before it hit, and we had gone on spring break. So it, it went from being on the field and being like like seeing the coaches every day around the Jordan to we're up and certain meeting times throughout the week, while also like doing schoolwork, of course, and just trying to get in meetings and keep the mind fresh you know yeah and I was gonna say so over the past few seasons we've seen you play a variety of different positions some safety some corner and a lot of special teams can you speak to the importance of being that jack of all trades guy on the defense especially in like a modern defense similar to guy like Tyron Matthew or Isaiah Simmons that just came out in this year's draft yeah I mean especially um I'll say this 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 like coming into it growing up like just kind of growing into the program uh, being young you got to kind of find your way and um, for sure it's like special teams just kind of getting your name out there and getting the coaches to see you and then going on to the defensive side I think it's just 
I think it's important to just to know the whole defense. And Coach Jackson like like stresses that for everyone. You can't you can't get enough of learning about every position and just bettering yourself to where if someone goes down or something happens, you 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 can be put in it two or three different spots and keep it growing. I like that. One of those plays, I have a couple plays that pop off the page that uh, one was actually recognized as a top 10 play by ESPN college football. And then one, me and Ethan were actually at the game for, I'll go first. They were both against Michigan schools, but take us through um, your top 10 play of the year against central Michigan. where you had, I think it was like a tipped interception or a tipped fumble recovery, crazy play. Um, we'll link it in with the podcast when we do drop the episode in the comments. Um, no, yeah, that play, yeah, so, so that was actually, um, I'm pretty sure, no, on, on that, he, he, he ended up coming down with that as a catch, actually, but that was the sad part. Yeah, because it honestly looked like a pick, and then I saw the college football reference, and it didn't get credited as one. So weird. Oh, really? No, yeah, so, um, no, but what what happened through that play was, uh, I'll, I'll just give it a rundown. Um, Matt Lordbeck, uh, uh, OD defensive end, just uh, kind of transferred, um, got transferred. He um, broke, broke down to his zone. It, it was his zone coverage and he um just, just really tipped it and then me, me and Benny Labus was coming in on it and the receiver came and both those just got rattled up and it, it was a scruffle for sure and then the next play that I have in mind so it was a late game play is a clutch play is a play between you and McKelty Williams against Western Michigan late in the season to seal it up on the season opener I believe you were the one who forced the fumble and then Kelty was the one who fell on it take us through that play and and honestly like you said you didn't expect to be in that position. You know, you, you you found your way on the defense at a young age. And now, you know, looking into this season, you look to be one of the key contributors. But take us through, you know, being in the right spot at the right time, making that play, especially to finish that game. Oh, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so just with that, I know the clock was winding down. And just It was the fourth quarter. It was about a minute left of that. And I'm knowing they got, they got to start trying to take shots and move down the field. And really, like, me, me personally – my whole mentality of just like going after the ball is the ball is the program. And, and, and Coach Jackson and Coach Hammond preach about that all the time. And just seeing that right there, and we work peanut punches probably every practice, literally. And that's one of my favorite things to do. And it was a cover three, I just dropped back and I saw him throw it. I took off. I just, just, just the technique taught by, by Coach Jackson and all of them. It paid off. Don't, don't catch Dylan in a boxing match. I'm sure he's going to win that one too. <laughs> Yeah, got you, got to swing. <laughs> I was going to say, too, I mean, it's every athlete's dream to make it on SportsCenter. Brandon touched on it, the, the tipped interception made it on. What is that like seeing yourself on a top 10 in SportsCenter or a highlight play in SportsCenter? I mean, I think it's – um I, I don't view it as a big deal because things like that, it, it, it could easily be flipped and, and right in, in the whole other direction. So, for stuff like that, I don't know. Um, I mean, just I go out there and just make plays, and, and it's nice, you know, being a program in the MAC and just getting that your name out and recognition with that. But really, it's just don't even think about it. Just play, play, play ball, and let all that sort out for itself, honestly. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, especially you touch on being in the MAC, getting your name out there. Do you like the fact that you guys play during the week? Because obviously, not a lot of college teams do that. We get the matching games. What are your thoughts on that? Um, with that, honestly, I'm. I mean, just whatever they give us, you know, we just, just got to be ready to play ball, honestly. And with that, some of the days are back and forth and real fast, but, I mean, that that's just part of the game. And honestly, too, with all that, the thing about the games during the week is just, just the recognition it gets nationally. You know, it gets broadcast on ESPN and late nights, and people, people are watching that, you know. Like, 
for us, for us, it's rough on, on on the quick turnarounds, but I think it's worth it in the end, just for the reward, you know, of being viewed nationally. Do you think that Maction is almost like a recruiting point to some coaches? Like you get to play on Tuesday, Wednesday nights in front of America. You know, you're not getting hidden by the twelve o'clock games on Saturday, things like that. Did Did you ever like think about that when you were getting recruited? Like I could get a chance to play in these games, these bigger Tuesday, Wednesday night games. Yeah, no, and I honestly too, um, so. Being being recruited by NIU, I actually went to the in the NIU Toledo game in 2016 down in Sider Stadium down in Chicago, and 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 that that I'm pretty sure was a Thursday night game, and just just kind of going out there and seeing that experience and knowing it's being nationally broadcasted and it's in a cool you know stadium environment and different things like that, where it's like all right, there's definitely potential there and for, and for recruits for sure. It's almost like that high school football vibes. Like, you, know, you get to no, play yeah, during the yeah. week. You, you go to class during the day. You know, people are seeing you on campus. They're hyping you up, things like that. And to go out and play mm-hmm. in front of your students on a weeknight, I don't know. It's just different to me. It's different. No, it really is. On the topic of stadiums, what is the favorite stadium that you've gotten to play at in your time here at Northern? My favorite stadium? I'll say um probably BYU. I cannot lie. Just those Ooh. mountains right, like right behind the stadium. And just it, it was perfect weather for a, a, a midseason game. And, the game itself was crazy, and that view, and I really couldn't beat it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if Ethan's seen a picture of that, but the mountains and the whole setup behind that, like, I can only imagine how cool that looks when the sun goes down, and even during the winter, like, it probably some good mountains to snowboard on. Um, top five. But, no, it's really yeah, top five, right? Is, all right, so BYU, that's Utah, right? Mm, yeah, right. Okay. So it's kind of out there, kind of out there. No, and then I'll say I'll say um Nebraska. The environment in Nebraska was crazy, of course. And Lincoln, that was ridiculous. Just like a hundred thousand screaming fans. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, literally, I can't explain it. And under the the lights and stuff too, it was ridiculous. That was a electric game. I was excited to see that one. Just like Iowa on the schedule this year, that one's going to be a good one too. Bring Iowa just got a whole lot more interesting too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bringing you back into campus. What is your favorite food spot in DeKalb? Oh me, I'm I I can't lie to you. Uh, Fushi and Chipotle, those both have my heart. But hey, but the fatties, fatties lately, I've been going fatties a lot during the week, and it's um it's starting starting to move up on the rankings for sure. Hey, supporting the local businesses during this tough time, we love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to, they've, got to. they've been doing a good job too with the curbside and the and the deliveries and all that stuff, making sure that all the businesses in town for the most part are staying open. So it's good to see that. But back to the football side of it, I got to ask you, as far as growing up or even currently, who are some of your favorite NFL players and who's your favorite NFL team? I see you usually posting stuff about the Chiefs. I can only imagine it's got to be the Chiefs, but I could be wrong. No, yeah. So, so growing up, my two favorite players, college and then NFL, was Larry Fitzgerald and Tyron Matthew. And, and, and so, like, like all through high school, growing, growing up, I probably really started in, like, the fifth grade. I wore 11 because of Fitzgerald. And then about, like, seventh or eighth grade when uh, Tyran went crazy at, at uh, LSU back in, like, 2011 or 2012. That just – since then, he's my favorite player. And then he came to the Chiefs. And uh, it's, it's him and Mahomes. I, I love, love everything about that. Yeah, you just got blessed. He just kind of, like, showed up this year. Like, he had a great season with the Texans uh, two seasons ago. Thought he was going to get paid, and he just ended up going to the Chiefs. So that was a win-win for you. No, literally. Yeah, no, and I just – yeah, and so – um. I dyed my hair originally, so um, every season I'll go blind. I'll dye my hair, and that's strictly because of him. Just, just that, 
that, that mentality of the honey badger. That's I like that. Probably one of my defensive athlete, yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, too. Like, I almost pulled the Tyron Matthew part out of that question that I asked earlier because I was like, I don't want him to, like, feel like I'm comparing him, but I'm glad that he's your favorite player because that was honestly random no pandering just off the top of the head because that's what I kind of thought of when I see you play, especially playing all the different positions. No, I was just going to say the same thing, too. I mean, watching you play, it's, it's ironic that you idolize a player like Tyron Matthew because that's exactly who I see as well. I appreciate it. That's love. As far as this upcoming season goes, who is one player on offense and one on defense that not all of Husky Nation may be familiar with, but they will be after this season? Um, on offense, really, all of the, all of the young the young receivers coming up, that's Mohammed, that's Messiah, that's Pharaoh, Mike Love, all of them are going to really pop out this season. I can't wait to, to just watch them boys battle during camp. And then on defense, I think, it's really, really the whole defense is, you know, um, Lorbeck left, Heflin left. We got, got a couple of graduates, Kelsey going, Treshawn. The whole defense really, really has potential to, to, to really just pop out and just, just, just go on a streak, honestly, go on a tear. I mean, I'm excited for it. You mentioned that wide receiver group. I don't know if you've seen our streams, but Brandon loves our wide receiver class, so I'm not surprised that you bring that up. <laughs> too, mu- too much ammo, bro. There's, they're like 10 deep, dude. It's not fair. No, yeah, no, it's ridiculous, and and and, and we still we still got Cole, we still got Cole, Reese, Croft, and Max, like at the tight ends too. Like Croft and Croft and Max, I'm excited for them. It, it's really gonna be, it's gonna be an exciting year. I can't wait for it. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. No, absolutely. I I think the I think the consensus it's kind of laughable that they have you guys so underrated. You guys are gonna have a solid season. There's so many good names on this roster. Who are the best friends that you have from this team? The best friends I have from this team. So um, my first two years, I spent living with Cole Tucker, actually. So back in the dorms, and then my first year out in my apartments. And um, really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so close with all my boys. I can't pinpoint it. But I'll say Cole, Cole Tucker, Vinny Lavis are, are my two guys for sure. Who I can just always hit up regardless of what's going on. It's always a tough answer. I will say there's never it, it really like one select no, really person. Is. So got to give you love on that one. Yeah, never forget when I when I pulled up on the basketball episodes with that one. That one just doesn't go well, just strictly off numbers. But I got to ask you, so coming into this season, first year head coach last year, it was a little bit of a down year. You guys, I still think, performed up to a pretty, you know, standard level. But, you know, there were some some – I guess you say expectations after winning the MAC that people thought there would have been a couple more wins. Going into this season, what are some goals that you guys have set, or maybe just you have set? The, the one and only goal is to win the MAC. That's it. Uh, earn a degree and win the MAC. And that's literally, I mean, those are high. I want to say high standards for, for NIU. That that's a norm. And so exactly is it, going back to standard. And the thing is, too, is like we've talked about it on a couple of different episodes, Ethan, you know, too, like going down the stretch, we still had a chance to be in that Mac title game. Like it was very right. close, yeah. a couple different turns and and twists. And, you know, we ended up on the bad side of it. But I think, you know, that game, that last game that you guys played, you played well. A lot of the young players like yourself, like Michael Love, made key plays in that game that has to have Husky Nation excited for the for the future and, you know, the coming season. I was going to say the same thing, too. There was a lot of close games this season. I think a lot of the – even the losses were were played tough, played hard. And I think, like you said, Dylan, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things to look forward to this season, and I'm excited. I really am. There's a lot of things to look uh, forward to from last year. Obviously, a lot of things changed, but, yeah, there's a lot of promise going on. No, yeah, 100%. I cannot disagree with anything you guys have said. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'm I'm just, just excited to be back and playing in front of everybody again, you know. It, it, it's going to be a major, major turnaround, and, and that's the hard way. I mean, we love that. I was going to say, too, winning the MAC, that's, like, that's the hard way. Like when I see vision, when I envision winning the Mac, I envision the hard way. So that I was going to put that together, and uh, I love that you put that in there. I want to ask you on the topic of talent though, because you do play a skill position. Who is the most talented uh, receiver or skill position player that you've gone up against? The most talented receiver player that I've gone up against, um, probably what is what is that boy's name? The, the kid from Nebraska. He just ended up transferring actually. Um, uh, a Spillman, J.D. Spillman, R- really a Tyreek Hill type of player. And, and I probably played 10 snaps in that game because that, that was the uh, beginning of the season. Well, I was more so of a safety. But j- just watching him run was really a Tyreek Hill type. It was kind of insane. Yeah, and I don't think he's announced yet where he's uh, transferring to. But the transfer portal, I mean, it was hot this year. We saw, you know, we saw a lot of guys here from, from Husky Nation transfer. Uh, but, you know, those who stay will be great. And like you said, Dylan, there's a lot to look forward to for this season. Uh, do you have any words of um, advice for some of the incoming Huskies? For the incoming freshmen, it's just, um, just grind, you know. There's a lot of opportunity out there. And if they want it, it's, it's, it's for them to take them, but it's not going to be given up easily. So I'm excited for it. They're going to work hard. I know it is in Coach Hammock, it's never wrong in recruiting, so I trust that all the way. And, and then we're going to make something special happen, to be honest. I know there's a lot of Husky fans that obviously are in question of if they're going to see Husky football in person or not. If they can't, if they're watching from home, you know, give them a little bit of excitement this year. Give them a little bit of, uh, of what we can expect to see uh, out of you, out of the team. You know, just w- overall, what do you think this team is going to do? This team this team's going to the next championship. And that's uh, this is team. This team is, is, is we are busting our ass with it right now, and that's the plan. That's the goal. And that's the mission. And and anything else, uh, along with it, is great postseason. But that is the goal. We are recording this at ten thirty at night, and I'm ready to run through like five brick walls. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, the dogs. The dogs are hungry, bro. And 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 you've seen the, the workouts and stuff they've been putting putting on Twitter and and together this off season. Even before they left, you guys were going crazy. Where can we find you at on social media, your Instagram and your Twitter? My Instagram is um, Dylan underscore Drew 15, and my Twitter is Dylan Thomas underscore 11. Perfect. Ethan, do you have anything else for Dylan today? I just want to thank you for coming on, Dylan. Like I said, man, I'm ready to run through like 10 brick walls right now. Let's get ready for kickoff, baby. If, if there's one thing to listen to, I'm going to listen to that quote before kickoff, and I'm just going to be ready. <laughs> we'll sound clip that for you. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. No. Yeah. Man, Rhode Island. That's what we're here for. First game of the season. Let's go, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, whether it's 20% or 100% allowed in Husky Nation, we're bringing the noise that night. But I got to thank you, Dylan. Like Ethan said, it's 1030 Monday night. Uh, we'll get this episode out here on Wednesday. But, you know, you guys are training hard. I don't know if it's a, a work day for you tomorrow or not. But I really do appreciate you joining us here for the interview on behalf of ONTAP Sportsnet and the Huskies on Tap podcast. Um, we'll, we'd love to have you. You know, you always have a, an open chair during the season. So as Donna and Coach Hammock allow it and, you know, as long as 
there is somewhat of media access. Me and Ethan will, will be out there actually as much as possible, even on away games. So we're definitely going to try and keep you guys covered from all aspects. But do you have anything else for the listeners before we let you go? No, just go Huskies, baby. Absolutely. Go Huskies. He knows the drill. Yes, sir. All righty, Huskies on tap listeners. That was our interview with Northern Illinois defensive back Dylan Thomas, the jack of all trades, our young version of Tyron Matthew. Ethan, what were your thoughts of uh, the interview with Dylan here today? Well, I mean, I touched on it during it, but the end really just made me want to run through brick walls. I mean, this dude, he's NIU through and through. He represents the hard way, and you just see it. You hear it in his voice that he's ready to go. He's ready to get back out on this field. The team's fired up. I mean, you and I see it during the uh, the workouts, during the week. This team's ready to go. Yeah, and you see it, you know, in his play, just that tenacity. He's always around the football, creating turnovers, creating havoc. Uh, and he's a key component on special teams. So it's a guy that, as far as football terms go, he gets it. He understands buying into a culture and to a winning mentality, just doing what you need to do to help the team win. But Huskies on tap listeners, we are kind of sliding into a little bit of a new format, you know, with the season coming up and us trying to get as many interviews with current athletes and current players and coaches, we actually have to trim down the limit on these interviews. So we can only do about 20 to 25 minutes with these guys. So me and Ethan, we're going to get, you know, we haven't been as much an Ethan and I podcast because this is a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies. And it's about the athletes and the players, not about us at the end of the day. But we do have a little rundown of news that Ethan and I are going to tackle here before we wrap up the show for today. Some of which are, you know, a week or two old, nothing crazy. We just wanted to touch about it on the show. But Ethan, I got to ask you, it's 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 the number one question in Husky Nation. How does it you know, how are you feeling knowing that Matt Lorvik and Jack Heflin are over there at Iowa and, you know, they're on the schedule this year? It's definitely tough. I mean, when you look at these two guys, they just fit that Big Ten mold, though. Uh, to me, that's how I looked at it. It didn't surprise me that they went to a Big Ten team, um, especially Iowa. Iowa just has that that rough, tough build, and I think that these guys will will do well. I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of transfers this season, but I think Coach Hammock really put an emphasis on getting a lot of depth at certain positions this year where we lost those players, and not even just at those positions, but the positions all around the team. You know, we just got a quarterback. I know we'll touch on this later on, but, you know, all around he built up this team and, and we knew going into it that this was going to be a weird offseason where guys were going to transfer out. You know, it's a new system. We've touched on this, but I really think that with his with his first class, this this is a really good class. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, the 2020 class and the 2021 class are stacked and 2021 is not even done yet. And, and, you know, you can't really fault the guy. You know, if you read the story about Big Jack, he grew up being an Iowa fan. So it really makes sense if you have that that fifth year, that last year and the ability to transfer to a school where you'll get a little bit more exposure and has a little bit more of a history of putting guys in the NFL. And then, you know, today the news breaks that, you know, Lorbeck's going to be joining them up there. So I thought it was interesting that's that's going to be a stacked D line and and you know we're going to be we're going to be traveling up there in early September so it's going to be an interesting game hopefully our Huskies come away with a victory and hopefully we're able to get the coverage at the stadium out there uh for you guys and that's another thing uh so yeah and that's actually I'm you know I'm going to skip a couple points that's going to you know segue me to this point but stage 4 guidelines were released for Illinois and that announced that it will allow 20% capacity and and live sporting events by football season. So 
by the time that there, you know, is a scheduled football season, they're on the six week model that coach hammock talked about on this very podcast. So that, you know, Hey, hit all his ducks are in a row. They're ready to go, but there will be some, you know, Husky stadium. The last few years call a spade a spade has not been full. It's been around probably, you know, 30 to 50, maybe a little bit over 50 in certain games, but 20%, if you throw the marching band in there and we get the right people in there, Ethan, I know me and you will be part of that 20%. It's going to be a loud stadium and an environment that we got to help the athletes out in this year because it's a weird environment playing in empty stadiums. Ethan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, to be honest, I can't say I've ever done. You know, you, you've played in, in some high school games and JV games, things like that, where you know, you get the committed parents who come out to the games. But, you know, I mean, other than that, when you're talking about a college football game, I can't imagine playing a game in front of nobody. So, yeah, you see these games that are on TV now with the uh, with the crowd noise being pumped in. You, know, you and I talked about this with the soccer game. I can't imagine watching a college football game knowing that there's fake crowd noise. So to me, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, Illinois was able to get to this point. Uh, it, there was a lot of questions surrounding whether or not fans were going to be allowed in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, in my opinion, how they decide where that 20% goes, in my opinion. But regardless, it, it will be fun to get into Husky Stadium this year. And it gives us something to look forward to after months of really just uncertainty. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Dylan really touched on it well. He said, you know, it just feels good to get back to campus and, and everything is just going to feel right as we continue to get through this thing. And and like you said, Ethan, I know, you know, this was off, you know, off air, but you talked about it earlier where basically we've done everything right as far as all the procedures and everything's gone. And at this point, you know, we're in a relatively rural area. I don't think, uh, you know, unless the, you know, the program has kept it real hush hush, there has been no positive tests as far as our program goes. So I think we're, you know, good to go as far as that, as far as that goes, um, I did hear that, you know, there's plenty of programs across the nation like Clemson and LSU. And, you know, even today we heard our other team, Notre Dame, had a player test positive. So that's an unfortunate situation, but a situation that is going to be a reality over these next few months as we try to get back to, I guess you would say, regular commerce and sports and all that stuff going back to normal. It's going to be a tough uh, task, I guess you would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen it in, in the football realm. We've seen it in baseball, basketball as well. Um, you're going to see these numbers pop up, you know, when the, when the first case of COVID-19 came out, you knew that, uh, close distancing was going to be dangerous. And now you're talking about getting football players back and in close proximity with each other. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know, Roger Goodell commissioner of the NFL said he knew that this was going to happen, but it's part of getting back to it. And I think that there's one thing to take away from this is, yeah, there are players that are testing positive, but on the bright side, they're not they're not too sick. You know, we're, we're looking at the positives. They're asymptomatic. You know, they're doing the right thing, quarantining these guys. You're right. I, you know, we haven't seen any numbers come out of NIU. Um, yeah. Illinois has yeah. done a very good job throughout this entire uh, pandemic. And I think Process. That, right, right. And NIU, you've seen the pictures on Twitter. They're They're doing it the right way. You know, the face masks and all. Yeah. Shout out to you guys, because I know it cannot be nice out there in a face mask in 80 to 90 degree heat. So shout out to the NIU uh, 
the Husky athletic training staff, because I know you guys are having a tough time as well as the athletes out there in that heat. Yeah. I mean, not even just to shout them out right now too, but overall just working with these guys, risking, risking what they do. Um, you know, all the healthcare professionals out there doing what they're doing right now, really thanks to them because without them, we wouldn't even be talking about a football season. So really shout out to them. If they're listening, any of our training staff, any training staff members out there, Healthcare professionals, we thank you. But uh, yeah, I mean, we it will be interesting to see where this goes, but we're headed in a right right direction, I think. Yeah, and, and like Dylan touched earlier in the interview session or the interview section of the podcast, they're running groups of around ten players. So right at that, you know, that limit where you know it's a good amount of people, and they're running drills in which they're not necessarily on top of each other. From my understanding, it's no contact, and for the most part, just conditioning because. You know, the one thing is, is these guys have all been in, you know, different cities spaced across the Midwest and the, you know, the United States stuck with their own training, you know, not necessarily having access to a gym. Most people haven't had access to a gym. I know they're starting to open back up this week, but it really was just, you know, what you have at home and what you can take advantage of. So I think it's great to get a lot of modifying workouts, right? Yeah, exactly. I know we got, we got the barbell, uh, in the family room up here at the apartment. So we're getting after it. I definitely gained my quarantine 15, which is something that I do not want to talk about, but you absolutely hate to see that. But on the topic of uh, someone who gains about 15 pounds, every time we see him on the stream coach Doug. So thoughts on the game. It was a little bit of a shit show. Obviously it's a video game with none of our uh, current currently rostered players or uh, formerly rostered players, a bunch of created players, but thoughts on that. I have a couple takeaways. Uh, I like, that NIU was running the ball. I think that uh, that obviously seemed pretty realistic. Um, and they were able to move the ball down the field with the with the slant routes. They didn't take any shots, though. I didn't think they were aggressive enough on offense. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Coach Doug's just kind of took over in the second half. I don't know. I think Coach Doug's kind of has some, some cheat codes up his sleeve. I dig the arm sleeve on a quarterback. Like, I just – Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's something about an arm sleeve on a quarterback to me. And I, the I think arm sleeve get, with the play call with the play call wristband combo is elite. Love it. We got to get Ross the uh, the Huskies on tap arm sleeve. Yes, we uh we are looking to have merch for you guys to rock coming this season. Um, we do have regular merchandise in a couple different colorways uh, for the on tap Sportsnet. Some stuff for our Bears fans, our Cubs fans, our Sox fans out there. And honestly, Ethan, I don't know if you've seen the Bulls on tap shirt, but it's red and black. So you could honestly go out. It doesn't say Bulls on tap. It literally just it's it's the standard on tap Sportsnet tee. So I think it could suffice as a Huskies on tap tee. But we'll look to get you guys uh, some official gear here going into the season. But you brought it up, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago. Coach Hammock, he's always busy on the recruiting trail. He signed former Eastern Mississippi Community College quarterback Connor Neville from he wasn't on the season, you know, where the TV, you know, the TV camera crews were there, but he did go to the famous Last Chance U School, and he was also a part of a Washington State offense that was coached by Mike Leach before he ended up in community college. So, Ethan, thoughts on the transfer and what, you know, that kind of adds to the quarterback room with, you know, friend of the program, Ross Bowers, presumably being the starting quarterback going into camp. Well, I touched on the depth. I think that that's one thing that he adds to this roster is depth. You know, Ross Bowers and Hayden are one and two. Uh, I think he definitely adds some some veteran mentality in this in this room. I mean, look who he's look who he's had as coaches. Mike Leach 
and Buddy Stevens. Uh, can you name two more prolific coaches? No, I mean, that's a that's a quality set of coaches to come here from, uh, you know, a couple different transfer schools. And the thing is, too, is like, you know, when you leave that D1 and you go down to a JUCO, n- no pun intended, it's literally last chance to you. If you don't do it right, you're done. I mean, you've seen it with a couple of the players that were on the, you know, the Netflix shows over the seasons where it's like, it's do or die. You know, you are talented as hell at football, but if you don't get it together and, you know, whether it's your grades or whatever the heck's going on, you know, I'm not speaking on, you know, Mr. Neville because people transfer for, you know, a variety of different reasons, but you see it. It's like, if you get down to that level, that hunger builds. And, and I, you know, that's one thing that I'm not going to doubt. I know we're going to get a hungry quarterback when he shows up because he had to fight like hell just to get back to, you know, a D1 school. Yeah, I'm trying to read something, too, because I I almost remember reading that he wanted to go to EMCC. Like, it wasn't almost like he was forced to go, but almost like he chose to go there after being benched at Washington State. Not real sure on that. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. No up, doubt. And we, you know, we look forward was, to, the, to learning was, his story and getting to know him. Yeah, no, I, I it's, it's a name that, uh, like you said, is definitely going to be interesting to talk to, because if you've seen last chance, you, I'd really be interested to see what he talks about with, uh, coach buddy Stevens, like a firsthand player, you know, that, that fiery mentality. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, it's worth it big football fans out there if you haven't seen last chance you I like the way you I like the way you think though because I feel like you know after he gets you know he gets to campus and gets some games in him and stuff that would definitely be a good guy to have on the show and we could even talk you know talk because we've had a couple guys on the show you know remember McKelty he went to a junior college after he left Notre Dame and he ended up here so I think his career ended up pretty well uh you know he's still out there looking uh to be signed here but you know with the way COVID and everything is going, you, you know, it was an it was an odd off season, and there still is quite a few guys out there uh, waiting to hear their name called for that NFL camp invite. But Ethan, I got to ask you too, though. We, you know, this is one of the controversial things that you know we always ask the players how they feel about Tuesday Wednesday games. We know how the fans feel about them because you know NIU is a lunch pail school. We're working, you know, we're working class. A lot of our students are commuters. A lot of our people, you know, that would come to the games on Saturday can't make it on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. We have landed a game on Halloween, getting us out of the PR nightmare of having a game on Election Day. So, Ethan, what are your thoughts on the NIU Buffalo game being moved to Halloween? Well, for one, I mean, you just said it, definitely a PR nightmare. Um, I'm not going to touch on anything. I just think that this election is going to be very interesting, and I think that the the decision here was the right one. Um, will be very interesting to see a Halloween game. It's always fun to to play on a, a holiday. Hopefully, that drives fans, the student body, out to this game. You know, it's a Saturday home game on Halloween. What better way to come to a football game than dressed up? You know, I mean, I really think that this is an opportunity for for NIU to really get the fans in the stands and at that point we have a really good opportunity at that point to see how good this team is so yeah and that's the thing too it's like if we're only allowed to have 20 percent of our stands filled there's no excuse that that 20 percent's not filled every week and i I don't want to hear excuses it's you know we got to do better for our program and for our guys and you know it's it's not expensive you know if if any of our listeners wants to take a trip to south bend with ethan and i when you know we put our all of our chips in the middle of the table and make like our one trip out there per year. We'll take you. 
but it's going to cost you. NIU games are fun, affordable, and and they're good. You know, if you're if you're trying to go with your kids, your girlfriend, whatever. So I think you know that that 20%. We need to you know whether we all got to sit six feet apart or not. I still feel that we need to be able to have that full. Yeah, I really do think that with the way NIU is set up, that there, or I should say, the stadium is set up is that there is a way that we could get a lot more fans in there. And you, you touched on the 20% thing when when Buffalo rolls around. We don't know where we're going to be at in October. Who knows? We could be at 20%. We could be at 80%. But really, I think that one thing that we want to touch on the most, and obviously we'll hammer it as the season gets closer, but we got to get more fans in, in the stadium this season. I mean, if you listen to Dylan's interview, there's no reason that the student body, these fans shouldn't be hyped up about this season. And I think that that, like I said, is one thing that we'll touch on a lot before kickoff. But right now, the 20% is a real positive sign. And if that's what we're getting for kickoff, let's get the rowdiest 20% in there. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about it every year. It's a topic of conversation on Twitter, Facebook, all your you know, you read it wherever you can have your NIU chat at. And my thing is, is, you know, every year when we go to games and every week, you know, obviously before we really got involved with the media side of it, we were at the tailgates. And that's where you can find a vast majority of people in DeKalb on your, you know, your given Saturday. They're not too hot during the weeknights because, you know, even the student body doesn't really feel too, you know, prone to going to those games because a lot of people have hectic schedules or like I said, they're commuters. So it's it's tough to get those fans in the stands for those games, but they do bring in a lot of money from ESPN and it is pretty damn cool to play on ESPN when literally no one else is. So you have all eyes on you. But I got to say, I'm just excited that the models are in place. Everything seems to be set out. The guys are back working out. Uh, You know, we're, you know, not necessarily okayed for, you know, there's really no, uh, I guess you would say, end in sight for the coronavirus or the COVID-19 situation. But things are starting to go back to normal. And it just feels great that, you know, we're able to hop on the podcast, talk with Dylan for a little while and just get ready for this season. Ethan, do you got anything else here for our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, one final thought on the, the 20%. I think it's a positive sign as well for the uh, the Seeky Stadium game, the Chi-Town Classic Showdown, the Chi-Town Showdown, whichever one it is. Uh, I, I really was worried about that game because that, to me, is the game that I am looking forward to the most. Uh, obviously, I was up there, but to get out of DeKalb and really see – like how strong the fan base is outside of DeKalb, how many fans we can get down there. And just to see like a different stadium, to to play in a different stadium, to play in a neutral site, it'll be different. But I think in terms of neutral site games, they're fun. So to, to play in a soccer field like SeatGeek Stadium, it'll be new, but it'll be definitely fun. So Have you ever been to a neutral site game, like any sport? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Every every game that I've been to in terms of I was looking at I'll say I'll say uh, I was going to say I'll say non postseason too because postseason, uh, I feel like. No, no. I was going to say the closest one. No, I haven't even been to any. Nope. I wouldn't say any close. No, I like guess I know Wisconsin interested this year at Lambeau was going to be the one that I really wanted to go to. But um, yeah, none of the games at Soldier Field, Notre Dame, Miami at Soldier Field was one that I wanted to go to. There was talks that we were supposed to I, my family was supposed to go to Dublin for the Navy game. That obviously didn't happen. Um, but, you know, a neutral site game, I like I said, it'll be fun. You, it'll be fun to kind of play like the Los Angeles Chargers for a week. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, 
SeatGeek Stadium, you're going to be out there playing in Chicago. And, you know, the, we we talked to uh, Anthony Sperano and we had him on the podcast. They've talked, you know, already that there will probably be some buses. I'm assuming there's going to have to be a couple more buses just with how everything's going at this rate. Um, hopefully they'll need a couple more buses because of the people, not just the regulations and the guidelines. We want to travel heavy to these away games. We got to support the Huskies. It's going to be a good season uh, for the football team. And, and you know what, too? Don't forget about our guys over there on the basketball team and the baseball team. Team. We're going to have a baseball episode here for you guys here in the next couple of weeks. And this upcoming season, you know, depending really on how everything plays out, you know, we're going to be looking to have tailgates for you guys, get togethers and just kind of really expand this coverage and, and really get Husky Nation the NIU coverage that they deserve. Ethan, do you have anything to expand on that? Um, I just envision us on game day, one of us in the feet or one of us in the press box, one of us on the field. Uh, I picture us walking into Husky Stadium with our lunch pails on that first Saturday against Rhode Island, ready to work, baby. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is a lunch pail uh, company at the OnTap Sports Night. We've been going crazy with that. Uh, I actually developed what I am now calling B Donomatopias. So if you ever hear me reference like lunch pail, if I hit the call a spade a spade or just like some wild, like super cliche shit. And I'm sorry for saying I never knowing, swear knowing, on this. Podcast. Knowing Brandon, <laughs> knowing Brandon too, like that's that's awesome. Like he's got a bunch of these. I don't know. Our, our loyal listeners might have pointed these out. Uh, yeah, I gotta ask you. That's one of my favorites, definitely up there. Uh, but no, I like that. I like that. It's a long word for me. I don't think I'd <laughs> be down to my <laughs> Uh, surprised you can actually, but no, I I'm surprised I pronounced it right, bro. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, Hey, if you made it to this point in the episode, we absolutely appreciate you. We're going through a little bit of a different format. Obviously, uh, we had a little bit of episodes that ran long and, and we didn't really know the guidelines to it. It was a little bit of a miscommunication, but at the end of the day, this is a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies. We look to promote the players, the coaches, the staff, and even teachers. We're looking to have, you know, anybody related to NIU on this podcast, um, obviously with sports being gone for the last four months you haven't heard our voices as much because there has not been as much to talk about but this is a podcast that you know we're open to new ideas if you have content ideas or stuff you want to hear about or see um we're looking to get our hands on it you know some video and and photo equipment for this upcoming season always hit the twitter facebook whatever form of uh you know social media that you have us on let us know because we absolutely love your guys's feedback and we love your support uh but this is the third time I'm going to wrap this up, and I'm going to actually wrap it, wrap it up. Ethan, do you have anything else for our listeners on this lovely evening? No, let's just stay positive. we got a lot to look forward to. Football season's right around the corner, and, uh, you know, the, the episode might have been a little long, or it might have been off the rails a little bit, but we hope that uh, we, we brought you some laughs during the uh, during whatever tough time people are going through. Hey, absolutely, and that's what it's all about here at the ONTAP Sportsnet. Like I alluded to a little bit earlier in the podcast, we cover everything Chicago. We're talking Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears. I'm, you know, I'm going to be recording Bears on tap right after I hang this up. The Irish on tap covers Notre Dame. We have gambling coverage. You know, we have guys that talk MMA, NASCAR, all that stuff. We, you know, we dive into some pop culture and some movies. We're an up and coming company. You guys definitely got to get with us. You know, before, you know, before we get too big, not to sound too crazy, but it's. It's been fun, especially being able to connect with such a, I guess you would say, interactive fan base because everyone feels so close and tight knit in this community. But, you know, I could talk till I'm blue in the face. 
Our job is to keep it short, sweet, and simple with you guys. We're going to look to do that here in the future. But this was another quality episode here of Huskies on Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. This evening, at the beginning portion of this episode, we were able to catch up with Northern Illinois defensive back Dylan Thomas, talked about some of his favorite players, what it's meant to be a Husky, and what the hard way means to him, and just you know how it feels to be back on campus. Stay tuned for future episodes and future interviews in the coming weeks. And go Huskies.